HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. This episode is brought to you by Roberta's, home of Heritage Radio Network for 10 years. Learn more about Roberta's at robertaspizza.com. This week on a special bonus episode of Meet and 3, we find out how Brexit could be changing the way that Brits eat. If you're not getting your food from the European Union where Britain gets 30% directly, well, where are you going to get it from? As I put very succinctly, bye-bye fresh peaches from Italy, hello tinned peaches from Florida. Bye-bye fresh oranges, hello tinned oranges. Bye-bye free-range beef, hello hormone-injected beef. Tune in to hear about the UK's struggle to stabilize its food system on Meat and 3, HRN's weekly food news roundup. Available wherever you listen to podcasts. Hello and welcome to Snacky Tunes. I am one half your host, Darren Bresnitz. We are so excited to be sitting down with one of our favorite chefs from the Midwest, Yi Vang. He's returning to Snacky Tunes to talk about his first Kickstarter for his first pop-up, Vinay. You may remember him. He was a previous guest, and we talked about the Union Hmong Kitchen, serving up classic Hmong food and telling the story of their people, their places, and the delicious food they serve. We're doing a few more remote interviews this season, so we can tell some more stories outside of L.A. and New York and Brooklyn, and this is the first one. Please, 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 please go to Kickstarter, search Yi Vang, search Vinay, that's V-I-N-A-I, and support to the Kickstarter, which is live now. Then we are going deep. I'm talking deep. I'm talking episode four into the archives to play one of our favorite bands from some of our favorite people, Tijuana. We got Connie Baby, Wayne Baby, and Chrissy Pooh. Here we go. Snacky Tunes on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. We talk about food. We talk about music with musical dudes. Finger on the pulse. Snacky Tunes.
Hello and welcome to Snacky Tunes. I am one of your hosts, Darren Bresnitz. We are so excited to be welcoming back to the show Yia Vang, chef and owner of Union Mung Kitchen and future chef owner of Vinai. Welcome back to Snacky Tunes. Thanks a lot, man. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Yeah, so first off the bat, let the people know there is a Kickstarter up and running to help get Vinai, the new brick and mortar version of your restaurant, uh, off the ground. It's running right now. It's live on Kickstarter. Yes. Yes. So we, we started out and, uh, you know, it's pretty exciting. Uh, you know, launch, you know, had our launch and everything. And so ready to rock with them. Yeah. Awesome. So I want to go back a little bit and, um, talk about 2019 and leading up to that because it was a pretty, pretty big year for you being named 2019 chef of the year by Minneapolis St. Paul magazine. How did it feel to go from doing pop-ups to this accolade to being, you know, just an established part of, of the twin city culinary scene? Yeah. I mean, um, I'll be honest. I feel very honored, you know, um, even for those, for that award, I, I didn't know (laughs) that it was happening. Until the day, I think they, they, uh, that they, uh, printed the magazine and, you know, until the day they, they, they kept it pretty close to the vest. And the, re- the reason why they got, uh, how they got the photos and everything for that was they actually just shot us the email and said, Hey, we kind of like to do some photos, um, for uh, an article. They didn't tell me what it was for or anything. Uh, and they came over and we, you know, did some photos and stuff like that. And I didn't even know about it until uh, the food editor sent me a text and she's like, Hey, by the way, did you see this? And she's like, this just fell on my desk. And so I was kind of shocked, uh, real, real honored. Uh, you know, like last year's chef of the year was Jamie Malone. Uh, she's James Beer finalist. Shout out you know? to Jamie Grand Cafe. Big fans of her. Yeah. Yeah. So again, like I said, it's, um, it's really cool to be like, Whoa, crap. Like that's Jamie Malone, you know? And then, wow. Us. And we always joke and say, we're like, you know, like some of these chefs that have one, have two, three restaurants and we kind of have half of a restaurant. So we always well, have good laugh about that. I mean, I wouldn't, not to besmirch it as a half a restaurant, <laughs> but it's been an extremely successful pop-up, uh, the Union Monk Kitchen. And, you know, it's been around for four years and you've been able to keep putting up food. That's pretty successful. Yeah, I think, you know, it, it's always, it's funny because, uh, you know, we always feel that, like, we call it a restaurant. Uh, and and uh, right now, you know, we're in residency. We have a residency at a brewery, Social Cider Works, uh, where, you know, they bought on a big, uh, they bought this really big food trailer. And we're actually, we're about over about a year now. We've been just working there six days a week. We've been doing um, this residency there. But uh, it's funny because when people call or they ask or they message or email us, they're always asking, oh, hey, when you uh, get a real, when are you getting a real restaurant? When are you starting a real restaurant? So right. we get a lot of that. And that's, you know, we joke and always say, I feel like Pinocchio, like we're not a real boy yet, you know, one day. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, definitely. Uh, we feel pretty, we feel pretty good at what we're doing, but you know, this next step where we're taking, it's, you know, it's just releasing the name, announcing, you know, we actually, no joke, last week, we've gotten calls already for people who want, 
reservations for the restaurant and i don't know i, I part of me goes i don't think you guys understand how a restaurant works like we announced yeah. it but we still got to build this thing yeah so we've had you know we've had people call and said oh hey by the way uh can we get reservations for V9 next week? And I'm like, you didn't read the whole article, did you? Part of me no. wanted to do that and say that, but you know. No. So when did you start thinking about having a brick and mortar? Because obviously it wasn't just people saying like, oh, you don't have a real restaurant. Because to take on the, the weight of having your own place and the responsibility is not just enough for people just being detractors. So yeah, um, what made you change? When did you start thinking about it? How long's the road been? Yeah, so the brick and mortar has uh, always been um, I actually have been deterred many times um, away from brick and mortar from other friends who own restaurants where they're like, you know, you, you kind of have a good with what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, it's, it's, it's really funny. Uh, so people have always said, Hey, you know, this is probably, you know, you should just stick to you know, doing pop-ups and stuff, which I tell them like, great, I get what you're saying, but man, pop-up is, it's, it's so limited to what we can really do. And I think to really show uh, the kind of food that we can really, we really want to put out. Um, so again, said brick and mortar has always been kind of the idea. Uh, you know, the, the idea about everything, you know, was always been brick and mortar. Um, the only, the only problem that we had was, um, it was, I, I felt kind of alone. Like at that point, it was just me and my, uh, my cousin, Chris, we were kind of been running these pop-ups and then we would take on like these, I call them mercenary cooks that would come in once in a while to help us. Uh, so you felt alone, but, uh, in the last year, year and a half, we've also been able to develop a team. Now, like a very important person is, is uh, Dave, who's my business partner. Like he really, uh, he brings in the business aspect. He is, he's a lawyer by trade, but he, uh, and so that means he has this really critical eye for everything. So Dave and I, you know, we were friends. We met uh, through, um, you know, a few years back. And then just he, uh, again, like I said, he's a lawyer. So I would get these, um, LOIs or these lease agreements from, because, uh, you know, up here in the Twin Cities, I don't know if you know, but, uh, you know, um, sometimes the Twin Cities are always a few years behind other people, other bigger cities, but uh, food halls are starting to grow. I think we had like three or four food halls in the last sure. year here, you know, and so these people will send in uh, these lease agreements to me and be like, hey, like I, you know, we would love you to consider, we really want you to think about, you know, putting your, you know, putting your spot into our food hall. Well, it felt cool. Like, again, like felt like the girl being asked to the prom and I felt cool. <laughs> uh, I did. I was like, oh, they like me. They want to be my friend. And, you know, so I get these lease agreements. At the end of the day, Darren, as you know, I'm a, I'm a cook, right? So yeah. lease agreements are my thing. So Dave was, uh, this actually was about a year and a half, you know, almost two years ago. Dave was like my lawyer friend who I would just take these lease agreements to. I'm like, hey, does this look cool? Like, should I sign this? And then he read them. I'm like, no, no, don't, don't sign this. Don't sign this. And then after two or three of these, he's like, I got an idea. How about anytime somebody wants you to sign something, you just bring it to me. Like, yeah. I'll, you know, and then I, and then we kind of just started dreaming together. I'm like, man, what does it look like if we just did our own thing? You know, and yeah. And then from there on, it was just like finding all these parts 
you know, we were very blessed to have all these incredible, talented people that would say, you know, even uh, like the marketing group and the PR group that's been helping us put together um, this, um, um, uh, this Kickstarter, you know, uh, Mary, she was like, hey, I don't ever want to do a Kickstarter because they're so hard to do. They take a lot of time. But she said, but she came to us about two years ago. She said, but if you were going to do a Kickstarter, I would do yours. You know, like I would come out of retirement for this. And so, again, just very talented people who know what they do really well, and they just gather around us. And, and that's kind of how I don't think I would be able to be where I am without all these different people, all these different components coming in. Uh, so, yeah, it's, I don't know if that answers your question. But. It does. And it's amazing to have such a, a, a support group around you, especially when opening up a new spot, especially when you have notoriety on it and – um, knowing that there are some things that you probably want to avoid, what is in your mind the ideal way you would open your restaurant? Oh, the ideal way would be finding funding fast. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that, that I think that's everything. It's it's a it. it I, I'm a realist. Like I understand that there is. Uh, you know, like you have to have heart, you have to have soul, you have to have drive and all of that is great. And, and I believe in that, but funding is like funding is your friend, <laughs> Sure. you know? So if, if we could get the funding fast, uh, you know, not run into any uh, construction or building issues, you know, like for, for us, just even like going through the interviews with different architects and different builders, you know, um, looking, looking through design and all that stuff. Um, you know, the one thing I tell people is like opening a restaurant, like, it's just not about, Hey, let's put up some great food. I mean, like pop-ups are, that's what pop-ups are for. Like we just right. put out some food, we'll figure out the rest. Restaurant is like, it's like, I've learned to wear like eight different hats. Like seriously, on our first day of branding concept, and this isn't me and anybody who knows me will laugh when they hear this, but on the first day, it was like two hours of looking at mood boards and Pinterest pictures. Like that's not my jam, you know, like I, I was just like, I don't care. Like, you know, but, but all of that is very important. All of that stuff is, it's all important, you know? So, um, again, you know, if, if I had my way of doing this and I they, hoping that this would go right, it would literally be just, you know, like getting that funding, uh, fast, having all that stuff figured out and then kind of just, uh, and, and hoping that there's no, you know, stoppage when it comes to construction, when it comes to building, when it comes to architects, when it comes to all of that stuff, you know, because all that stuff, like the longer that stuff holds up, the longer the project actually takes. And, you know, so. Of course. So you mentioned that there is a difference between what you could do with pop-ups and what you could do with a permanent location. What are you looking forward to doing with a brick and mortar, with the food, with community building, what dreams do you have in having, you know, your own clubhouse? Yeah. I mean, the sky's the limit. You know, uh, I've always told the guys just because right now we cook out of a 34 foot food trailer and working outside in the snow, we have this 10 by 10 tent where we, we have this wood fire grill that we got and then we're, and then the smoker that we're working under this tent. 
and every day if it snows like right like today or like yeah last yesterday we just got a bunch of snow and ice and everything's frozen and we're, we're half frozen outside cooking out of a fire like just because we have this trailer and this tent that we're cooking out of doesn't excuse the quality of food that we put out you know because uh, my father taught us that just because we came to this country as refugees and immigrants that doesn't give us an excuse to say oh we started you know so behind you know and i and it was that was just this thing i learned from him watching him like he never complained the fact that he didn't speak english but he went out there and he still hustled and he worked you know the fact the fact that he didn't have a you know quote unquote education like he still went out there every day and he didn't have an excuse kind of like oh woe is me i can't do this because because of this and because of that and so that was one thing that i really wanted to steal to the boys when we you know when we put together this trailer and then the other thing too um is this actually excites us like even like the trailer's leaky half the time so there's always, always water coming into the trailer you know the trailer is always cold in the winter like last year we i walked into the trailer and the two uh fires were frozen that meant the oil was just one complete block of, of like frozen oil. It looked like a big chunk of butter that was in there, you know? And, and it was just like, I wanted to give up. I'd be like, no, I don't want to do this anymore. I'm just tired, you know? But knowing that we'll have our own place, like it kind of gives us this like symbol of hope, like of what's to come, uh, of greater things to come. And, and what, in, in an in a ironic and very entertaining way, Vinai, the name Vinai, uh, Vinai is the name of the refugee camp that I was born in in Thailand and the refugee camp that my parents met in in 78 and they were married they were there we were all there until 88 and then we came to America and, and you know uh, actually I was being interviewed and somebody said when when the refugee camp be kind of like a sad place to, to name your place after well for us Vinai was or for the Hmong people for the refugees Vinai was a place of hope it was faith a sanctuary it was a place of refuge, you know, it's better hope to come. If we can get there, the you know, mentality was if we can get there, and from there on, everything looks better. And I think that in a kind of funny, ironic way, that's how we think about the brick and mortar. Like, all this stuff is hard work, but it works us towards that brick and mortar. Um, and so, you know, it, it, that, that name to our people rings true, that name to our team rings true, you know, that idea that, you know, this is coming, like greater things that you have to come here um yeah so we, we kind of that's where our hope is we're putting kind of uh, our hope in that that's beautiful absolutely beautiful uh we're gonna take a quick music break and when we come back we're going to talk a little bit more about the kickstarter for vni we're going to talk about the food that you're going to do and we're going to talk about um your own cooking show relish on uh, the twin cities pbs we have a song from the archives here on snacky tunes on heritageradionetwork.org
Hello, welcome back to Snacky Tunes. We are chatting with Yia Vang, who is the chef and owner of Union Mung Kitchen and the proud runner of a Kickstarter for his new permanent brick and mortar for Vinai. And there's a lot of inspiration of your own past, your own present, and, and possibly your future, uh, the hopeful future that you have that you're putting into this restaurant. So I'd love for you to talk to it a little bit about the food and your approach um, to running this restaurant and what you want to cook and how it's going to tell the story of yourself, but also the Hmong people in general. Yeah. Uh, so, um, you know, the, the way that we're setting up the menu. Uh, so, you know, like I said, the Hmong food has four elements. It has, uh, you have rice, uh, a protein, a vegetable or some kind of broth. And then the last thing is the hot sauce. So the way that we're going to set up the menu, the menu is going to reflect all of that. You know, it's going to have every, you know, all that element in it. Um, the, the thing is, I've been, you know, thinking about the way that we want to do this food. We, I don't want it. Um, well, there's, a, there's a thing that my, uh, there's a line that my father used to say to us when we were kids and we get in fights and we'd be like, no, this is mine, this is mine. My dad would always say, um, when you say this is mine, you actually have less. But when you say this is ours, you have more. And we were kids, so we we're like, whatever, you know. But as I grown older, older, I realized that because when when uh, I think that a lot of dining, there, there's that idea of like, oh, like what's on my plate, or I want my plate to look like this, you know. And you're you're really saying this is mine, and then if I'm going to share it to you, you have to ask my permission for me to share this with you. So in, in Hmong food, you, you never do that. In monk food, it's always been, this is ours. Everything's in the middle of the table. Whatever's in the table, it's ours, not just mine or, or you know, it's ours. And, and, and so I really want to um, get away from using, uh, like, you know, like words like communal table or family style. And, and you know, a lot of times we, the people use that to, to um, you know, to talk about monk food or even the kind of food we make. It's the, oh, yeah, it's a communal kind of food or it's a family style. Like for me growing up, it wasn't communal. It wasn't family style. It was just dinner. It was food. Right. You know? And, and uh, so eating and eating together was when you eat, you always ate together. And regardless of how much you had, when you put that in the middle of the table, it was everybody. So it didn't matter how many pieces were whoever got. It was just, that was part of, that was all ours. And so the menu is going to reflect that. So we, you know, like the proteins are, uh, are bigger proteins that are, that serve two to four people, you know, the quote unquote smaller plates are going to be these, uh, these vegetable sides plates, you know, and then you will have rice and you have different kinds of rice you can choose from, and then we'll have different kinds of hot sauce that you can choose from. So that's the main chunk of the menu. And, you know, obviously we'll have so little kind of individual size stuff, uh, but mostly uh, we will really, uh, you kind of like build your own dinner type, you know, like the, the way that the dinner goes, the, the way that your dinner goes is how well, you can build it the way you want, you know? Um, and, and we encourage people to just like, Hey, like bring two to three people with you. Like when you eat, you know, or, or, or come together as a group um, instead of us always having to say, uh, or, you know, like I, I always thought it was funny when people always say, Oh yeah, like these, like this section, these are shareable plates. <laughs> I'm like, wait, so I can't share any of the other stuff? Only this right. stuff I can share? You know, and so we always joke and say, everything's shareable. Like, that's just a given here. You I know? love that. <laughs> um, 
the, the food is uh is a reflection of my mother and my father right a lot of the food there is uh kind of from what they have taught me um and, and even today at Union Mung Kitchen, we, all the food there has their element, has their touch on it. Um, and we, we, and I've just said that this whole, this whole restaurant is an echo of their legacy. And everything about who they are, everything my father given, my, my father sacrificed a lot, gave up a lot, you know, um, to, to get us to this country. Everything on this dinner table, on the dinner table, people are going to realize that they're going to see that they're going to be part of that you know um yeah so you know i we really we really have really pushed hard to um to make sure that we can tell their story correctly uh, and honor them you know my mom and like for example uh we have what's called mama bangs hot sauce my mom and dad they make this hot sauce for us every year 75 gallons they make for us and then we kind of just you know yeah so it's just part of the food and it's become pretty popular here in the, in the twin cities so a lot of the a lot of the chefs always talk about like, hey dude um, let me let me get some of that mama bangs over here you know so, <laughs> so it's funny uh, so we couldn't think of a cool sexy name for it so we just called it mama bangs so yeah uh, i love it you know with with your parents passing on so much to you you know your father is cooking skills your mother her cooking skills and the hospitality what do you hope to teach and to pass down to chefs who come to your kitchen, both who are of Hmong descent and people who are of non-Hmong descent? Yeah, I think like to my Hmong brothers and sisters who are wanting to, you know, kind of get into the food world, you know, like food is so much part of our culture and who we are as Hmong people. Like it, it and that's what, that's what makes us Hmong is our, our food because you know, when you have a group of people who don't have a country of their own or they don't have a land of their own, they, they, they hold on to what they can carry. And for a lot of them, it was their food. So food is such, a, it's such an integral part of, of, of who we are. It's, it's a great part of our culture and how we speak about ourselves. So to, to, to all the monk kids who want to be, you know, uh, chefs and cooks, um, you know, like, like I've said before to some people, I said, you know, we are an echo of the past we get to write our own future. And with that, what I really mean is our, our parents and our grandparents didn't get to write their future because war literally came into the front lawn, you know, like war came and they had to survive. And, and, and a lot of them survived. A lot of them died. A lot of them gave up everything, you know, and now we are the generation where the first time as among kids, you know, as, as among son or grandson, I get to write my future. Like in our history, we have never had this. For our people, we get to write our future here in America. Where you, where you said, hey, where we have Hmong people who said, hey, I, I want to go into law and I want to be a judge. You know, last year, the first Hmong judge was appointed. You know, it's like, you know, where people are like, hey, I, I, we want to go and we want to start our own business, you know? And then we got Hmong CEOs and CFOs that are running business, you know? Like that never happened in our history before. And so to, to, to me, I wanted to say to them, like, we get to write our future because, you know, because of the, because of the, because of uh, the ones of, from the past who have sacrificed everything. So we, we write our future in remembrance of them. And that's kind of what, you know, I, I want to do with this restaurant. To use um, it and then as to, a inspiration, well, right? For maybe younger yeah. Hmong chefs who be like, wow, like these guys did it. 
I can do it and I can make the food that I grew up with and share it out in the world. And maybe it's a little different than what you do. Maybe it's a, a twist. Maybe it's like Hmong meets Vietnamese street food, or maybe it's Hmong meets, you know, Native American food. But you're giving them that roadmap that this is a viable path of success and to believe in what they grew up with. Definitely. You know, like I, I was the kid growing up. I mean, I know that there are many, you know, there are many kids, you know, especially Asian kids my age, you know, that grew up, you know, going to school embarrassed of the food that the mom and dad packed them. You know, like I was that kid who always hide it. And every time I opened my lunch bag, like everyone's like, what's that funny smell? And what's, oh, like you're eating weird stuff. Like, why are you eating like that? Where's your sandwich? You know, why don't you have a snack pack? You know, <laughs> stuff like that. And I remember I was always very embarrassed and I come home and I'd be in tears. I'm like, mom, don't ever buy, you know, pack my lunch again. And, and for my mother, it was her way of loving me. But for me, it was just denying her this love. And like today, I still feel ashamed about it. But you know, the funny thing is the kids who made fun of me when we were in you know, elementary school, these are the same hipster kids today that are all like, hey, you ever heard of fish sauce? <laughs> you know? So it's like, what the heck, bro? You know, when we were What's up, bro? You made fun of me. But now, yeah, like, but now you're all like, hey, man, let me tell you like this cool thing I mean. It's like, what? Shut up. Um, I, wonder, you know, I wonder if it's but, changed. Has it changed with the kids who are in school now with food's yeah. popularity? Well, they're just... Kids are just mean, regardless uh, of what generation they're. They're just mean, uh, like you know, uh, like like I could like even even like now, like kids are bullying other kids about stupid things that you're like, dude, trust me. In like ten years, none of this stuff's gonna matter. In ten you years, know? they're gonna want fish sauce. Uh, trust me on this one. Yeah, yeah. Like I want to tell some of these younger kids, where it's like, hey, you see all the stuff they're making fun of you. Like I know it hurts right now, but when you're older, trust me, all those kids that made fun of you this is going to be the quote unquote trend. <laughs> I actually, you know, um, I actually want to dip a little bit into uh, what I see is your larger mission of spreading this acceptance of expressing this awareness with your show um, for twin cities, PBS called relish because the show mm -hmm. really does highlight other um, ethnic communities or minority communities, including your mom, which is super awesome. Uh, yeah. Do this full circle thing. <laughs> But you're, you're shining yeah. a spotlight on other people in um, the Twin Cities who are making food that tells their personal story, represents their culture and things like that. How did the show come about? Why is it important for you to use your status to shine a spotlight on other cultures' foods? Yeah, so Amy and Brittany are the producers of the show. And so they, they approached me and said, hey, we'd like to do the show uh, for PBS for you, with you. It's going to be a web show. You know, we kind of just want to do one you know I, I think at first the idea was just to do one and see where it goes on from there so literally we had the first initial meeting awesome great you know this was past spring we had it it was awesome you know uh, then we sat down again like in the beginning of summer uh this you know past summer and then like actually we have a better idea we want to do sh shoot six shows you know six like you know, webisodes and i'm like oh that's great and, goes, and we want you to be the host and i'm like whoa hold on you know like I was a little nervous. I'm like, wait, wait, seriously? Like all of this? Like, yeah, yeah. Like we want you to be the host. And I'm like, okay. And they're like, we want to feature and highlight different chefs who um, like, uh, who, you know, have, you know, different cooking styles or from uh, ethnically different. Uh, but then we also want to like not cook in their restaurant, but we actually want to go into their homes. And I'm like, well, that's actually a really great idea. And then I got, just got really excited. And then we just start sharing names with each other of chefs that we knew. Um, they, 
you know. So unbeknownst to me, I never knew how they got my name or whatever. Um, it was actually they reached out to a bunch of the food writers. I didn't know this until we were actually interviewed about it, and they said, "Yeah, we, we reached out to a bunch of these food writers around town, and they kept throwing your name out over and over." And they're like, "Hey, I bet you this would be really, you know, I bet you you'd be really good to host." Uh, and so yeah, it kind of started from there, and then you know, uh, a few of the chefs that we um, that we got to do for season one, uh, they were friends of mine, so it was really cool just to be able to like get a day off and just hang out with them and learn about more about their lives. You know, because like as cooks and chefs, we don't we, we don't really see each other as much. You know, sure. Like it's not like an event or some kind of thing that we're doing. So it was so cool. I was so excited um, to, to hang out with some of them. Uh, and yeah, and the first person, uh, the first person that we did it with was my mom. So it was kind of weird. Like I had to ask her all these questions that like I kind of knew the answer to. So I had to ask like surprise, like oh really? <laughs> you know, fish <laughs> sauce. Like, you don't say, answer, mom. No one. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'd be like, um, on camera for the record, who's your favorite son? Yeah, um, just so everyone knows. Uh, um, and, where no, people, yeah. and where can people watch this if they want to see it? Yeah, definitely. Um, TPTOriginals.org uh, uh, slash relish. Amazing. So, or, you know, you can go to yeah, TPTOriginals.org and then you'll find it in there. Uh, and then we just, or next week, we're, we're finishing season two. And so I'm really excited about that. So after season one was done, they they yeah, thank you, man. They they made a little sizzle reel, sent it to the higher ups, you know, and at uh, PBS, and they were like, "Hey, we're good to go. Let's, you know, here's some more funding. Do season two. and that and it's super fun. And, and the producers, Amy and Brittany, are they are to uh, be given full credit to. They're incredible for trusting and believing uh, in me, who who you know, I'm just kind of this kid who goose around on camera and a lot of a lot of the stuff that they get on camera is just kind of me being me i guess like some shots that they had some of the best shots on camera is literally things that i didn't think the camera was on <laughs> or just kind of goofing around and so yeah it was awesome awesome so before we run out of time i want to go back to the kickstarter and yeah. talk a little bit about it um why is it important for you to raise the money this way, to have the restaurant be crowdfunded versus given your status and given that people mm -hmm. are trying to court you to take essentially private equity or, you know, something that is a little bit, you know, more traditional. Yeah. I think that the Hmong people have always been about uh, community. You know, uh, the one thing that makes the Hmong people so tight together is the, and this is what my mom told me is the fact that, um, that, it, that there was so much pain and hurt and struggle that our community became tighter, you know, uh, because that's how, that, that's all we had was each other. And at the end, when you, all you have is each other, there's that, uh, that sense of uh, just being knit tight together. And, and, and the, the other thing about the Hmong community too, is it's about reaching out to the community around you and asking for help, you know? And so for us, I think that if we wanted to, we could just do this privately, do, do it the way most quote unquote restaurant would do. But our, our, our big thing is like getting that message out to say, hey, like we're doing something, but we can't do this without your help, without, you know, without banding together. Because the moment we band together, like I said, like what my father used to teach me, you know, when you say this is mine, we have less. But when you say this is ours, we have more. This restaurant, yes, it is about the legacy of my mom and dad. Yes, this is from you know, our, our chefs and our cooks, yes. 
but this is still our restaurant, all of us, you know, that the, that the ones who, you know, who put um, some funding into this, the, the ones who put some donation from people from $10 to $1,000, like they can still say like, hey, like I'm a part of that, you know, that, that this is uh, something that we will say thank you, like that, that, that the community has built together. And for us, that's really important, you know, because if, if, if we're trying to create a restaurant that says, hey, gather together, let's eat together, you know, let's, uh, let's dine together. Let's, let's uh, you know, let's come together and have this commonality in food. Like we, we want to start it from the core, from the base. And it's the, you know, and, and I'll be very honest, it's the funding, you know, and being like, Hey, like you get to be a part of this. Amazing. Well, yeah, congratulations. Good luck. We'll be donating our way. And if other people want to donate, how would they find the Kickstarter? What's the best way to go or find you online, all the social goodness? Yeah, we, uh, our, our website, v9mn.com, uh, you know. We, V-I-N-A-I. We yep, M-N, like from Minnesota, .com. Um, you can find us on our Facebook page. Uh, so all social media outlet, uh, we'll be just blasting it out. And so everyone come on there. Uh, there's, a, there's a cool video in there too that kind of, you know, it's like a five-minute video that kind of shows the vision, mission, values, and goals of what we're doing. So, yeah. Amazing. Well, listen, congratulations. I hope to see you soon. Congrats on the show and everything. We have a song from the archives and then a live performance here on Snacky Tunes on heritageradionetwork.org.
co-owner of Roberta's, a super duper awesome place. Roberta's is a very, 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 very proud sponsor of the Heritage Radio Network. We're also super awesome. Thank you, Heritage. Ladies and gentlemen, Snacky Tunes, HeritageRadioNetwork.com. We're finger on the pulse. That was a DJ Never Forget. Uh, who who was that last song? That, last uh, song? that was really good. Uh, it's a song called Surprise Hotel by a band called Fool's Gold, which is a little unfortunate. Uh, but they're really good. The record is coming out on I Am Sound in the fall. And uh, before that was Florence and the Machines. Uh, Dog Days Are Over, which is also on I Am Sound. Just two really good... Uh, Florence and Machine record is really, really good. I didn't know good. Florence and the Machine was on I Am Sound. They're going to... I, I don't think it's out yet. Those are uh, unreleased tracks. Oh, no. Booyah! Oh, Legal. Another oh. FOTP exclusive. <laughs> anyway, so uh, big shout out to our sponsor, TechServe, who keeps our computers from dying. And to uh, Jack Inslee and RecTech, our producer and engineer, respectively. <laughs> uh, big shout out to Maddie, Luke, and Eric holding down the dinner with the band fort. Matt, Maddie was actually the listener who sent me in that Julia Childs link, uh, but I didn't feel like dropping his name. Like, my friend Matthew Reynolds <laughs> just sent me this thing. Wait, Sorry, I, caller. I, I have a correction. You called it Julia and Julie. Is it? Is the You're other dead one? wrong. <laughs> You're dead wrong with that one. It's Julie and Julia. Uh, oh. I've oh. seen the poster. Whoa. Burn. Hey, Julie Child, right? Uh, Julie, Julie Child. <laughs> anyway, uh, Julie Child. And so in in the Julia studio, whatever. So in the stu- <laughs> in the studio. You got hold on, you guys ready? Because this is live. Oh. Oh, okay. In the studio today we have Tijuana, our good friends um, Wayne, Chris, and Conrad. From left to right, even though you you can't really tell. Hi, mom. Hi. Oh, nice. It's Wayne's yeah. mom. Hey. Hey, hey, mom. Hey, 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 hi, Wayne's mom. Yes. Hey, Mr. Longwell. So, uh, these are three of our best friends, and they also happen to be in his awesome band, which is very fortunate because your first show on that rooftop I saw I was like, oh, I don't know about this, guys. I'm going to see a lot of these shows. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Interesting. Interesting. The gloves just came off. <laughs> yeah, the gloves <laughs> yeah. came off. But then you guys played at Santos uh, for your second show, and it was amazing. So. They're back on. They're back on. They're back on. They're back on. Yeah. And where's this out? <laughs> by the way, by the end of the show, we will find out which one of you is the father of Greg. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but who also, has the not the father? Greg? Answer. Yeah. You mean never forget? <laughs> yeah, never forget. Uh, Delmar. Do we go you is never forget or never? Yeah, Delmar. Uh, so anyway, so uh, we just want to say coming up also uh, next week, August nineteenth at the Hope Lounge. It's our last uh, summer barbecue blowout series uh, with uh, DJs from the da- from the Dap Kings. And uh, they're wonderful chefs of prime meats. And Chris and I were talking about prime meats. Uh, I, if, if anything is a ringing endorsement for prime meats, it's that uh, I have a friend that works there, and he told me that when they opened, Jay Z rode his bike there. So <laughs> if, that, if that means anything, if Jay Z will get on a bicycle and ride, that's almost uh, like we also, on making the band that, <laughs> like, when they walked to get cheesecake. Two, that's almost the same. <laughs> two or three weeks ago, I, I heard a rumor that uh, Jay Z and Beyonce were shooting pool and playing Big Buck Hunter at East River Bar. <laughs> probably, yeah. yeah. Hey, listen, they'll do anything. Oh, yeah, yeah. They're at East River Bar. They were probably crazy in love and got lost. Yeah. Is that, okay. Uh, oh, yeah. Wait, 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 is that crazy in love part two? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so uh, beyond. Uh, being awesome dudes, uh, all wearing black t-shirts, who, and who, uh, Beyonce and Jay Z. Oh, no, t- 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 again, hold on again. Air conditioner. You got like one responsibility, uh, and it's just. We uh, suck anyway, at that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're we're awful. One of the, one of the uh, you know, things that we love to do together is go and eat wings at you know 
many, many places. Like Croxley's Monday Croxley's. nights. Croxley's Monday That's tonight. Oh, man. What if we got Croxley's oh, a sponsor? <laughs> that'd be, that'd be awesome. Coming at you live from Croxley Ales. Yeah. Yeah. Wings every Monday. <laughs> but most of the events are like, uh, all right, one more. <laughs> but uh, I think we've all had many winter days uh, watching some HBO and eating uh, Buffalo Cantina. Yes. Uh, don't love it. ever get the suicide. <laughs> yeah. uh, Conrad, uh, <laughs> c- can you can you elaborate on that? Um, yeah. Well, I like things really hot, like really, really hot, and I got the the, How hot? the flavors. Yeah. Are, How hot? Yeah. <laughs> the flavors are like hot, hotter, and then suicidal. You know. So I got like the hotter the first time I ever got them, and I was like, these are not hot enough. So I got the suicidal and like I took a bite of one of them and I literally like sneezed, coughed, cried, and got the hiccups all at the same time. And then he lost his voice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, and then I lost this, my this voice. This was a year ago. It, was, it still yeah. hasn't come back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think that probably the only... Hold on a second. My favorite PS on that story is that you were so broke that you washed off the sauce. The leaks did that. Oh. Alex washed off the sauce and re refried. <laughs> Alex, queen of the barbecues, yeah, fryer yeah, of chicken yeah. wings. I came home from work and she was like refrying them up in the, on the stove. Oh, and you absolutely did not eat them, right? I absolutely ate them. <laughs> um, so let's let's have him play a song. Uh, yeah. Anyway, so Tijuana put out uh, a really awesome EP uh, earlier this year. I believe it was called Demo. <laughs> it, was called, it was called It was called Memorex CDR uh, I'm going to take that one around the room Can you do a crowd cheering for me? <laughs> do a crowd boo um, and six, that was uh, So anyway, so talk to us about uh, Talk to us about Tijuana Yeah Talk to us Someone it's a, else. There's a band we're in. <laughs> all right, don't. All right, let's let's. Didn't know. That's a project we've been working on since um, er, about early last winter, and uh, you know pushed really hard and played some really awesome shows with a lot of really good, cool bands and a lot of bassists kept doing stuff. <laughs> how yeah. many how many bases did you have? Bases? Have you ever 69. seen Spinal Tap? <laughs> 3. Yeah, 3. <laughs> 3. Yeah. 3 sort of. And now you're baseless. They all died. <laughs> <laughs> all car wrecks, all separate. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> uh, but anyway, so uh so the e- the EP came out to uh, a lot of rave reviews. And, from, uh, from who exactly <laughs> are you referring to? Uh, we are we are huge fans. <laughs> um, it was uh, it was the week before the DeLorean EP took over our <laughs> the Tijuana EP. Uh, <laughs> the DeLorean EP. Uh, yeah. And, anyway, Pre- if you go back and listen to the show, it was a joke. I, I know. I remember. Okay. I remember. It's, it's called the a show reference archive, so you can go back and yeah. Uh, these like, reference jokes. Where we're going, so we don't need references. <laughs> Um, so let's let's let's, let's do this. play a song. Right, so what, what is what is the song? What's it about? Oh, oh I know it's song. about girls. This is a song. On, yeah. <laughs> this one's this one. This one's different from the rest. About girls. Uh, it's called. Um, which one are we gonna play? Tune in. Tune in. Yeah. Wait, let's, yeah. Let's, let's let's go. And it's on the EP. Wayne lead vocals. Wayne lead vocals. Hello. Chris percussion. <laughs> what <if> I, <laughs> Sorry for that, everybody. Hey. <laughs> I don't think. Uh, anyway, let's let's not over. <laughs> and Conrad, I you're just handsome. 
<laughs> oh, not he's just handsome. Um, Conrad, he's I'm in the handsome. care also. So this is uh, this is uh, snack. This is snacky tunes with finger on the post, and this is Tijuana live in studio. Okay. The boo. <laughs> oh, it's a cheer! Yeah. Oh, it is. Damn it. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, Tijuana on Snacky Tunes coming at you live. HeritageRadioNetworks.com. Every Monday, tu- Monday, 
2 p.m. to 3 p.m. You got that? Yeah, I got that. Uh, listen, guys, that was awesome. A uh, little bit different um, than the version that's on the uh, the demo EP. Yeah, that. <laughs> well, that was like that was how I originally wrote it when I. Um, you know, like also, we're on a bedroom. lot of drugs right now, so <laughs> we couldn't help it. Hi, mom. Just kidding. <laughs> hey, mom. What is, it? What, is, what, is, what is this, Monday? Can you play yeah. the slide whistle now? <laughs> that was me shooting up. Sorry, mom. <laughs> uh, Not Elise. My so the, real mom. So then how did uh, that version go uh, in, into the version that we all know? Well, we worked on that song. That one was probably one of the tougher ones to yeah. like, finish. It had us. a lot of... It was like... It was a lot of different versions before the one that ended up being like the one we played. Yeah. The outro, the outro became kind of the chorus. Yeah, there uh, were a lot of the, different parts. Yeah. Remember we, when we first were working on it, it had that like super long intro. Thing yeah, where, like we were kind of getting like it got we were wanky. getting like super jammy. Yeah, with it. yeah, yeah. It just didn't fit the direction of most of the other songs, but. Um, we were you know, we worked on it. Really, I can't imagine how that one. Yeah, seriously. dude. Wait, Wayne, this is the hit. Conrad, I I know, and this is the hit. Chris, shop Chris, you're a drummer. <laughs> I know. <laughs> a lot of screaming, dancing I, that we did it. I think it changed. I think the the version that we just played is just it's just different because it's for the radio, you know. Ooh. So <laughs> we did it for you. So is, that was, is that kind, of, that was kind of a think piece. What he just said. Yeah, I'm really smart. <laughs> hey, speaking of the radio, how how like how many shows have you guys done so far? This is our fifth one. Yeah, I I I, I want to congratulate you guys. Oh, it's uh, really awesome. I've listened, <laughs> listened, and I've loved. You just the the interviewee just became the interviewer. I know. I switched the tables on you. It's weird. We had to. The, you want to change the, the, table, the table? Literally just turned. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> so bizarre. It's like, see, um, yeah, thanks. So, uh, I think we got another song from you guys coming up yep. right now. Yeah. Like, literally, right? Like, why am I still talking? Why? You want to do it right now? Do you want yeah. to do it right Let's now? Do it right now, Let's and then we'll uh, come back and we'll talk a little bit more, and then we'll play some jams. Um, we could all sing along to My Chemical Romance, like we did outside We've of last We've done that before. Well, we, we, sing, th- we sing three I, was I like was a, there not sinking, sing, just we hating, sang, hating uh, my friends. Wait, but so, wait, up, up until I realized, up until the glaring fact came that I uh, didn't have the whole album. So I was singing oh, one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was singing. I was like singing something, and then con- I was like, "What?" And then when I found out there were more songs. Yeah, there were. You, what you were missing like two three songs, songs. Three and three songs. really good songs. And then my uh, then my friend gave me the record, and I was. It was like getting. You felt like Indiana a- Jones. A- 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 me. No, it wasn't you. It was. <laughs> it wasn't you. Oh, so we're not friends. We're roommates. Oh yeah, we're roommates. Um. So uh, what is what is this? Uh, Chris, you're gonna hold. By the way, you gotta hold it a little bit closer. Does this song have a name? Hold you a little bit closer. Uh, Everybody out. <laughs> hold this up here. Yeah. So, uh, did we come up with? Did we ever have a name for yeah, it? Yeah, this is a new. I think it's called Untitled, new, right? This. Yeah. <laughs> it's called the demo. Demo. Yeah. Yeah, the demo <laughs> Memorex track five. <laughs> <laughs> this is uh, yeah. This is uh, this is a new one uh, that will be on our uh, up like next release oh it's brand new from the winter of 07 probably no I'm just kidding <laughs> uh, what can we expect the uh, next release you know what we'll save it we'll talk about that alright okay. guys Tijuana on Snacky Tunes HeritageRadioNetworks.com oh I feel you love spirit I wanna see some stars can you rap please don't help help go away You're not near my heart, it hurts. 
You wrote a song about wings. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, though, out of, out of all the songs that you've written, how many of them are not about girls? Uh, Goose egg. Um, <laughs> Goose egg. There's, a, there's, a, there's like, I've written a lot of songs. It's hard to say. The ones that end up being the, that I like the most are it's about weird girls. That, Wonder why I like. The Tijuana ones are about girls. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's also weird that the, uh, the, the one cover we ever did was uh, that song from The Jerk, which is also about, about girls. Being in love. Girl, playing a trumpet. Um, We're just a band of, you know, lovers. Not. Uh, 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 hey, that was Tijuana. Uh, get out. Get out of the studio. Yeah. Um, so, oh, once again, you're listening to Snacky Tunes. We are host Finger on the Pulse. I think uh, Terrence is going to DJ a few songs for us, and then probably talk. Are you? Do you have a monitor that you can like molest while he does that? Uh, no. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, that is in reference to. He used to uh, say 500 meters go, away from uh, all Nikki, monitors. NikkiDigital.com. You can see. Never forget. Literally making love to a monitor on the stage yesterday. I really, I'm so sorry I missed party. it. Yeah. Not because I wasn't there to support you guys, because I was there to miss you. Uh, all I know is I looked up and I thought, you know, it was just, you know, me looking at it, and there was Conrad staring at me, jaw dropped, and I said, things change in eight months, guy. <laughs> you know, there's been some cold winter nights. Anyway, so this is Banter on Hold, gents. This is Terry Diabolic on Snacky Tunes. Oh, hide and go seek anonymity. But we're swimming with the magic. 
constellations With sex we by night In the depth of gravel pit Until the town finds Christ Injustice is my middle name You don't need to change The future's with us You don't need
The microphone. There we go. That was just uh, you're listening to <laughs> you're listening to Snacky Tunes uh, Heritage Radio Network. We are hosts. Finger on the pulse. That was just Los Camasinos track. Death to Los Camasinos. Before that was Tokyo Police Club. Uh, your English is good. And before that, Q and not you. Let's go back to my place and put on some records. <laughs> we heart our hive. Oh, that old line. <laughs> okay. I got I n- I've never used that one. I got this new Discord record. Want to come back to <laughs> my house? Uh, Jade Tree just put out a new seminar. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> actually, you know. <laughs> anyway, so uh, we we got a few more minutes before Tijuana takes us out with one last song. But uh, we were briefly talking about um, over the holiday uh, when we were we got free uh, Cinemax or HBO, and they played the director's cut of uh, Hold that's a second. That you the, do. Yeah, the best. I heard about this. It's so good. It's so good. It's Conrad, okay. Darren, and it I. Blew our mind. Blew and the thing is that we weren't really watching it. But we were we were just playing cards in the background. It was on in the background, and we were just like we're like wow this like it crept up. Yeah, and we know we started. I was like, wait, I don't remember the scene. The scene wasn't in the original. And then we realized that we were we were like, oh, this is great. This is director's oh, cut. Like, how good could it? How okay. what type of that thing you do when you think of like director's cuts? You don't you think like David Lynch? You think you know Steven Spielberg? Yeah. Why did I say Steven Spielberg? So, sorry, who? Yeah, Steven Soderbergh. Yeah, uh, Steven Soderbergh. Yeah. Uh, okay, but, so, so let's set the scene. So if you all remember, Shades is drunk, coming home from the jazz club. Paxton. He meets Al Paxton, and he's coming back to the uh, hotel. He gets dropped off by Rita Hanks, Tom Rita, Hanks. Rita, but that's not her last name. Hey. Oh, the Perlman? Rita Hayworth. <laughs> hey, Hayworth. No, it's not. It's just a joke. Um, and so he runs. Okay, and then he runs into Tom Hanks and Conrad. If if I could let you. Well, yeah, and and Tom Hanks is coming out there of the, the hotel, hotel, and and there's a man in a tuxedo in a sports car leaning against a red convertible, and that man happens to be Howie Long, <laughs> linebacker for the Los Angeles Raiders. Like it's really him. Oakland Raiders now. Yeah, now, but Ooh. back then. Also a big fan of Snacky Tunes, I hear. <laughs> <laughs> and and so. Roberta's. Um, so and the Wiz. Delicious pizza. <laughs> Nobody beats the Wiz. So, <laughs> so Tom Hanks goes to meet Lloyd, who we later learn he's named uh, Howie Long, that is. His boyfriend, yeah. Lloyd, they get into the car... And Shades comes up, and it's kind of like a cute exchange between. He's wasted. He's like, he's like, are you going to party? Can I come with you? And Howie Long suggests that they bring him, and Tom Hanks says, "You're so bad." And And they they laugh and they peel off. He gives him like this knowing look, and so it's like Tom Hanks is the gay subplot from that thing you do, which. Which it was like so much sense is the thing. Yeah, yeah. and the thing is, it though, should have been in the movie. And the thing is, though, I think we watched it like a hundred times. Like I think, like I've watched it since as well. Like I've watched it more why times. Does it make sense? Yeah, why does it make sense? What are you yeah, trying to say? Why does that make perfect sense? What are you trying to say about Tom Hanks? Dude, no, he was like he was like. Because <laughs> he was like, oh, what? Okay. What, what did he look gay or something? <laughs> you know, <Bam>. limp wristed. <laughs> he was limp wristed. Uh, no, anyway, easy. It was, it was just. It was like one of those things. Where it was just like. What? Yeah, but it was amazing. It was amazing. Like you never think that you needed more of that movie. Now I can't imagine. I can't imagine without it. Anyway, good. It's a good. Actually, you know what? That reminds me. The question you asked earlier about how did Tune In come about was (laughs) was from that movie. Because we played it. We played it slow, and Chris said 
speed no. it up. Oh, all, like in the part when they yeah, say, what are we, the wonders? And we started yeah. playing it fast like that. Oliver, uh, Oliver said to speed it up, and then Chris said, you just that thing. <laughs> yeah, you just that thing. You did and that song. is how we bring a show full circle. Uh, uh, we want to thank our guest today, Tijuana. We are your hosts. What do you want to do? Nothing. Okay. We are your <laughs> what do you want to do? Nothing. <laughs> uh, we are we are your hosts. Finger on the pulse. I am DJ Never Forget. I'm Terry Diabolic. Thank you so much to Irene Wong again. Thank you to TechServe, Jack Inslee, uh, RecTech. RecTech. Uh, every Monday, 2 p.m. to 3 p.m. live Heritage Radio. Next next week, uh, we go back to the dance music with uh, JDH and Dave P of Fixed and Making Time, uh, Fame. But uh, we are going to clo- have the show closed out by my favorite Tijuana song, which I told Wayne was the hit. And yeah, now that I'm on the radio, um, I'm gonna make you a star. <laughs> I'm gonna make you a star. Can, can, you- can I dedicate the song to a special someone? Yes, Delmont Bresnitz. Uh, uh, Delmont in Nebraska. No one loved it. Anyway, if you want to hear, uh, if you want to hear this what again, was uh, the show. DJ Squiggle Bandit. Uh, if you want to listen to this again, um, we are archive as well as along with all of our past shows. So, guys, uh, uh, really, HeritageRadioNetworks.com, all the other great shows. Or you can go to the Tijuana MySpace oh, as yeah. well. Uh, Tijuana, or MySpace.com slash Tijuana NYC. Question. What is MySpace? Stop. <laughs> can we? All right. I don't know anything. Guys, it's like Twitter. Maybe. I know. It's like Twitter, but. <laughs> but 10 years ago. All right. Uh, Tijuana, thank you guys. This means a lot thank to us. us. I'm glad that we got to get you thank in you here. Thank you guys. Thank you. Uh, so, Tijuana with Oh My Marie, uh, tune in next week.
program is powered by Simplecast. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content and to hear about exclusive events, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Rate the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join our community by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening.